0: The Lord say so. Whom the Lord hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Somebody lift your voice.
1: Clap your hands one more time.
0: Clap your hands one more time. And while you're clapping your hands, do what the Bible says: it's shouting to God with a voice of triumph. Do you hear that, devil? That's not the sound of depression. That's not the sound of defeat. That's not the sound of discouragement. That's the sound of victory in this place this morning. Anybody got the victory in this house today? Turn around and tell at least three people on the way to your seat, I'm more than a conqueror. Tell them, tell them, I'm more than a conqueror. Uh, yeah I'm an overcomer I'm more than a conqueror uh, and I just feel like reminding somebody if God be for us then who can be against us somebody ought to just go ahead and declare that in this house uh, if God be for me uh, then who can be against do you believe it in this place give him one more hand clap of praise this morning Hallelujah. Woo. My, 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 it feels good in this house this morning. There's no telling what could happen before we leave this place. Amen, somebody. Amen. You can be seated for just a moment. I want to take a brief opportunity to say what a privilege it is. To have every one of our guests here in the house of the Lord with us this morning. Rock Church, I need you to help me make some crazy Holy Ghost noise. Put your hands together uh, and help me give a great big Rock Church welcome. Come on uh, to all of our guests that are in the house of the Lord this morning. If it is your first time here at the Rock Church of Fort Myers you should have received a VIP invitation card when you came through the doors this morning. And this is an invitation for you to join us in our VIP room immediately after the service. We've got some light refreshments, a small gift that we'd love to give to you just as a token of appreciation that you would come and spend time here uh, with us this morning. Amen, church. Amen. And so if you're here for the first time, you did not receive one of those cards, if you would just slip your hand up in the air, one of our staff members will run one of them to you very quickly. We're so excited to connect with you, and uh, we're honored that you're here in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen, somebody. I want to say what a privilege it is to have uh, the Roca family with us, visiting all the way uh, from Rialto, California this morning. Would you help me give them a great big Rock Church welcome today? Amen. They're from In- Inland Lighthouse Church, Pastor and Bishop Booker, uh, who are absolutely some of my dearest, dearest friends. And we're honored that they joined us for service this morning. And then it is also so awesome to have uh, the Ashcraft family visiting with us, all the way from Indiana this morning. Amen. Would you help me give them a great, big, warm Rock Church welcome today? Amen, and uh, prayerfully, you got all of that turkey out of your system this morning, and you did not eat pumpkin pie before you came to church to make you sleepy, amen, hallelujah. Anybody grateful for this week of Thanksgiving, amen, amen, amen. Stand with me if you would, I'm going to uh, expeditiously go to the word of the Lord this morning, And uh, I have a sense of urgency in my spirit to preach what God has laid uh, upon my heart today. The book of Hebrews chapter 12 uh, is where I want to invite you to read the word of the Lord with me today. Hebrews chapter 12 and I am going to begin reading at verse number 16. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 16. 16 says lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright for ye know how that afterward when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. It wasn't that God didn't want Esau to have a chance to repent. It wasn't even that Esau didn't finally come to the conclusion that he wanted to repent. But the Bible says uh, that when Esau decided uh, that he was ready to repent, uh, that he could not find a place uh, of repentance uh, even though he sought for it uh, carefully uh, with tears he was weeping he was sobbing he had the desire to repent but the Bible says that despite the tears and despite his best efforts Esau found no place of repentance one transliteration renders the text this way It was too late for repentance. Even though he begged with bitter tears. Esau, you decided to repent too late. And for a few moments this morning... I simply want to preach from this thought it's now or never I came to preach to somebody in this place it's now or never come on I sense an urgency of the Holy Ghost in this place would you put your Bibles down and lift your hands one more time in this sanctuary Lord Would you let the the weight of your glory uh, rest in this house this morning? Uh, God, would you let the urgency uh, of the Holy Ghost uh, that you placed in my spirit this morning, uh, God, would you let it settle uh, upon the hearts uh, of your people? Uh, We declare, as the writer said, uh, that our times uh, are in your hands today Uh, and so God uh, we're gonna seek you uh, while you may be found Uh, we're gonna call you uh, while you are here. Uh, help us today. Uh, open our hearts. Uh, open our minds uh, that your word uh, would find its place in our life. Uh, we'll give you the praise and the glory uh, and all of the honor in the matchless name uh, of Jesus we pray. Uh, would somebody one more time lift your voice uh, and magnify the Lord in this house. Come on, help me lift up your voice in this place. You may be seated this morning. It is not biblical canon, but many years ago I heard a fictional story that was situated in a dark meeting room in the belly of hell. And it was a meeting between Satan and his demons. And as they began to conversate, Satan posed the question, What shall we tell humanity in order to bring about the greatest deception that man has ever faced? One large demon stood up and said, I know what we'll tell them. We'll tell them that there is no God. Satan, with a look of displeasure, looked at the demon and said, You fool, only fools would say that there is no God. Even the lowest of humanity and even the most depraved of their society, deep down, they know that there is a God. Just then another large demon stood to his feet and said, then we'll tell them that there is no Satan. Satan with a scowl upon his face said, you nimble fool. The works of my evil hands are evident in humanity all the way from the beginning of time. If people believe that there is a God, certainly they can see the evidence that there is a real Satan. Another demon stood up and said, Then we'll tell them that there is no heaven satan quickly responded and said that will never work the very existence and life of people is predicated on the idea that there is a life beyond the one that they are living if they did not believe that it would drive them out of their minds Another demon stood to his feet and said, then we'll tell them that there is no hell. Satan said, you are the fool of the fools. If they believe that there is a heaven, then certainly they will know that there is an alternative of a lake of fire. Just then, a small demon pressed his way from the back of the room to the front of the room and with a voice that was small yet steady spoke up in the room and said, I know what we will tell them. Satan looked at him and said, what will we tell them? He said, we will tell them that they have time. Satan looked at the demon and said, that will work. What is your name? And the demon said, my name is procrastination. And that has become the theme of hell today is that you have plenty uh, of time. Hell doesn't have to convince you uh, that heaven isn't real. Uh, the devil doesn't have to convince you uh, that hell isn't real. Uh, Satan doesn't have to convince you uh, whether or not this is right or that is wrong. Uh, he has to do uh, is convince you uh, that you have plenty uh, of time. uh, Plenty of time to live for God. uh, Plenty of time to get my life right. uh, Plenty of time to repent. uh, Plenty of time uh, to turn my life uh, around. Can I preach uh, to somebody in this room uh, that the anthem of hell uh, is that you uh, have have, uh, time uh, it has become the pervasive uh, mindset of the world today uh, that I'll do it uh, in my own time uh, I'll do things uh, when I'm ready to do them uh, I, we speak uh, as if we're in control uh, of Kronos uh, we speak uh, as if it is by our own power uh, that we breathe uh, we speak as if it's by our own authority uh, that we wake up every day uh, and we think that we uh, are in control uh, but the writer of Psalms said uh, that my times uh, are in his hands. Uh, he has your days numbered. Uh, he's the one in charge of your calendar. Uh, it is God the creator. I wish I had a church uh, in this building today. Uh, the anthem of heaven is that you have plenty of time. And here's what the Word tells us. In Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse number 11, it says, because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, Therefore, uh, the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Oh, because we don't see uh, the immediate cost uh, of iniquity our mind convinces us uh, that it's inexpensive uh, that there is no price tag uh, because oh, I'm going to preach to somebody in the building uh, that's why people get out in the world uh, and they see uh, they say look uh, look what I'm doing uh, and I'm still alive uh, look what I'm doing uh, and I still am not in jail uh, look what I'm doing uh, and I'm still able to to do uh, the things I want to do. Uh, look at, they have the idea uh, and the deception uh, that there is no price uh, associated uh, with their actions. Uh, but I wonder what would change uh, if we had to pay the price uh, before we partook of the sin. Uh, I wonder what would happen uh, if we had to live uh, through the heartache uh, before we partook of the sin. Uh, if we had to pay up up front for our decisions. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody in the building who thinks you're living with impunity, who thinks that you're living outside of the law and the consequence of sin. Oh, the wages of sin is death but because we don't pay the price up front we feel like the time has stood still I can do what I want to do and there's no consequence I'm still going to get up in the morning I'm still going to do what I want to do hell is telling you you're exactly right hell is telling you you've got plenty of time there's nothing to worry about as a matter of fact just shut this preacher off this morning you can listen to preaching another day as a matter of fact you might not even want to stay through the whole church service you can come back to church another day you can repent another day but I came to preach to somebody that it's now or never God sent me as an alarm clock to wake you up it's now or Never the deception that you have plenty of time takes the pressure off of your accountability for today. Always tomorrow. Always next time always next week but the Holy Ghost sent me into this room uh, to tell you what about now you're not promised five minutes from now You're not promised 24 hours. I wish I had a preaching church in the building. You're not promised another week. You're not, come on, somebody. God sent me in this room to get a hold of somebody and shake them and tell them it's now. The scripture says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. You see, because judgment was withheld by the mercy of God, they had no sense of urgency. God made up in his mind. I'm going to destroy man from off of the earth. Listen to me. Don't you tune me out. He said, because it hath repented me that I even made him. What level do you have to push God in your life to repent that he even created you? That's the level of judgment. That's the place that God came to with humanity. And in him, there is no variableness, nor shadow of turning. And from that moment, he speaks to Noah because Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And he said, here's what I'm going to do. He already made up in his mind. But from the time he decided the judgment, he waited. He extended the period of time. he, he, he extended and prolonged uh, the opportunity uh, for somebody to turn their life around. Uh. As a matter of fact, it was well over 100 uh, years uh, before what he declared for judgment uh, ever came. Uh, and this uh, is where humanity gets in trouble. Uh, because the Bible says uh, that it is the goodness of the Lord uh, that leadeth men to repentance. God said, you you should have died in that situation but I let you wake up to see another day not so you could repeat the sin so you could repent but instead of repenting we get up and think oh I can live without impunity and we do it again and we do it again and his long suffering and his mercy keeps waking us up keeps giving us opportunities keeps bringing us to the house uh, and instead of us realizing uh, that it's the goodness of the Lord uh, that leads us to repentance, uh, we take it for granted uh, and we use it uh, as an occasion uh, to continue thinking uh, that we're in control uh, and I'll repent when I'm ready uh, and I'll get right with God. Uh, I came to preach to you uh, today. It's now uh, or uh, Never! There's a deception. We see backsliders who walk away from God and they're trying to convince everybody how great life is. Look what I'm doing, and I'm okay. Look how I'm living. I'm I'm still not fell over dead. I'm still, uh, look at me. I want you to remember this. When God got sick and tired of Saul's rebellion and disobedience, he brought the man of God to tell him, God's finished with you. When the man of God turned to walk away, the Bible says that he reached for the garment of the prophet and he pulled it. And when he did, he tore part of his garment off in his hand. And the prophet spun around and said, the same way God has torn the kingdom from your hands and he's raised another king in your place. That was the moment of judgment. But Saul kept going to the throne and to the eyes of the people. He must be able to do that without no problems. Every day, he kept going to that throne as the king. God will fire you and let you keep showing up to work every day. You better be careful thinking that just because you wake up every day and everything seems all right, that somehow we lose sight of the mercy and patience and long-suffering of God. Hear me, this was the mentality of the people in Noah's day. The Bible says that when the flood came, they knew it not but the bible also says that noah was a preacher of righteousness that means for over a hundred years noah was preaching to them about the flood coming for over a hundred years he was telling them get ready there's only going to be one way out of here uh, get ready uh, god's about uh, and yet they knew it not uh, hear me it wasn't because god didn't try to tell them uh, it wasn't because there wasn't a preacher uh, to preach to them uh, but in their mind uh, they started thinking, uh, he preached that same thing a week ago uh, and nothing happened. Uh, He preached that same thing uh, three months ago, uh, three years ago, uh, 30 years ago uh, and everything is still alright but baby there came a day when they realized that the time was over and the judgment of God I came to preach to you why are you waiting for tragedy to strike why are you waiting for judgment to come before you get right with God when it's the goodness of the Lord God's trying to reach you in his mercy he's trying to reach you by his hand of grace God's trying to show you his love uh, by being patient uh, and the response he gets uh, is I'm going to keep pushing uh, my own way Uh, I'm going to keep doing uh, what I want to do I can see him every week or two coming by Noah's house they thought he was crazy, but we're gonna go look just in case he is right. Oh yeah. He's still here. We're good. Every few weeks, roll by up oh, now, the boat's still there. We're good. You know that's what people do coming to church. They they believe God, they know God's coming. They know that the rapture, they know this world, uh, but they're not ready to live for God like he needs them to live for God, uh. and so they keep deceiving themselves, uh, and they pop into church every week or two, uh, just to really quick uh, make sure everything's... uh And the door to that ark was closed. And you better read your Bible. Noah did not close the door. The Bible says that God closed the door to the ark. There was a day uh, that they went by old Noah's place uh, and the door was closed. Uh, and I can see them with panic in their eyes uh, as they walk up and begin to knock on the ark. Uh, hey, Noah, uh, what's going on in there? Uh, what's and I can hear Noah on the other side. Uh, with tears coming down his face uh, saying i told you uh, i've been trying to tell you uh, i've been preaching to you uh, i've been reaching for you uh, and you thought i was crazy uh, you thought i was overbearing uh, you thought i was trying to force my religion on you uh, you thought i was trying to impose uh, when really i just love you so much uh, i was trying uh, no uh, let us in uh, i'm sorry uh, I'm not the one that closed the door I can't open it back up. and then all of a sudden the rain begins to fall oh my God what is this they had never seen rain this must be what he was talking about there's water falling from the sky Noah let us in as it was in the days of Noah so shall it be There's gonna be preachers standing on pull. platforms like this preaching sermons like this uh, to people like you uh, who sit in your pew uh, and keep living day after day uh, as if you have all the time in the world to get right with God uh, and you 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 literally trample uh, on the grace and the mercy of God uh, and you step uh, on the chances of God in your life uh, God said the same way uh, they did it to Noah it's going to be like that uh, when I come back. <inaudible> Judgment didn't begin when the rain started falling. <inaudible> Judgment began when the door closed. I'll tell you what you better fear more Then the flood and the rain and the storm is you better fear the day that you go to reach for God and you can't find him anymore. It's getting quiet in here, but I'm preaching where somebody's living. More than you better fear the storm and the wage of sin. You better fear the day that you ever come into the house of God. And you want a breakthrough. But all the chances God gave you to get your breakthrough. You trampled on them. And you squandered them. And now you think, I'm going to just come and do it my way. I got news for you today. You don't do things on your Time you don't do things when you're ready, it's God that's in control it's God that gives you mercy it's God that opens and closes the door and I'm preaching to somebody today you better make a move while you can still hear his voice you better respond while the Holy Ghost is still reaching for you you better make a move while God still gives you a chance pray with me preacher God close the door help me God close the door Romans 2 and 4 says this despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering not knowing that the goodness of god leadeth thee to repentance luke chapter 19 we find the story of zacchaeus and there is some poignancy to this text because jesus is on his way to Jerusalem he is not on his way to Jericho but the Bible says that while he is on his way to Jerusalem that he stops by Jericho And the story of Zacchaeus is the only recorded interaction and transaction that Jesus has while he is in Jericho. In other words, God is on his way to Jerusalem, but he says there's a man over here that I've been dealing with and I'm on my way to Jerusalem for the last time he'll never have another opportunity to see me he'll never have another opportunity to hear me I'm going to stop by one more time to try and reach this man and so he stops by and the people begin following him and the Bible says that Zacchaeus hears that Jesus is there And so he runs to where he thinks Jesus is going to be. But there is a crowd there that day. And Zacchaeus uses the crowd as an excuse. He uses the people as an excuse. I want to get there, but there's a crowd standing there in my way. I want to get to Jesus, but I can't because of the people. You know what I have found in life is that when you want to get to Jesus, nothing can stand between you and God. People can't stand between you. Oh, I came to preach to somebody in the building. When you hear somebody say, I would live for God, but them. I would live for God, but those people and that person, they're making an excuse because when you... You want to get to Jesus? Just ask the woman with the issue of blood uh, who also came to a crowd. Uh, She didn't run from the crowd. Uh, She made up in her mind. Uh, I've got to get to Jesus. Uh, I don't care who's standing in my way. Uh, I don't care who is in the... God's challenging some people that keep putting people in between you and God anytime you put somebody in between you and God that person's closer to God than you are I can't get no help in this Holy Ghost church I said, any time you put somebody in between you and God, very closer proximity to God, you need deliverance from people. You need deliverance from carnality. Come on, somebody, Zacchaeus. Here was Zacchaeus' problem. Bible says he ran up ahead of the crowd and got up in a tree to observe. Zacchaeus said, I want to get close to Jesus without having to touch him. I want to get close enough to make sure I can see him without being in proximity of being changed by him. That's why people come into the church and sit on a pew and never come to an altar call. I knew I'd lose half of my shouters right there because they want to be associated with going to church. I want to be associated with the presence of God that's there. I want to be counted on the roster. I want to be part of the attendance, but I don't want to be in a place where God's going to change me because if God changes me, I might have to get rid of that girl that I've been messing with. And I'm not ready to. I want to do that on my own. time. I wish I had a witness. See if I get in too close of a position, in the time I may have to get rid of that girl that I've been inappropriate with. Come on, somebody. And so I'm going to get close enough to be associated. But I'm not. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody. That's why people come to church, and they won't get it in an altar and repent. That's why they'll come to church. They'll. Wear a suit, a tie, uh, and a dress, uh, but they won't get on their face in the altar uh, and let God deal with it. I came to preach to you uh, that it's now uh, or never. Zacchaeus said, I'm going to take a position of observation. I'm good sitting back here in this back pew. I'm signaling passively to everybody else, don't mess with me. See, I ain't going to get nobody to give me an amen. I'm signaling my body language, my position. I'm telling people without telling people, I don't want you to come and pray with me. I don't want you to mess with me. I don't want to. Ain't it something that in the Old Testament, the goal was to get as close to that altar as you could get uh, as close to the ark of the covenant why uh, it represented the place uh, where God said it's there that I'll talk to you Uh, it's there that my glory will even today uh, they try to get as close uh, to where they believe the ark is to pray Uh, they don't want to pray far away Uh, they want to get as close as they can Uh, and you got people in the church service today that want to get as far away from the altar as they can Uh, I want to. How how far can I get away from the altar uh, and still technically be in church? Uh, How far away from the altar can I be uh, and still be accounted for uh, as present uh, when your posture uh, ought to be a posture uh, that's in love uh, with the opportunity uh, to be in his presence? uh, That's in love. Get me to the altar. uh, Get me to the holiest of holies. uh, Get me to a place uh, where God's glory can change me, get me to the place where God's hand can be upon me. I start out the church service as close as I can to the altar. While the word is going forth, I get close to the altar. And when the altar call is given, I bring my body as a living sacrifice. And I want to put it on the altar. Here I am, God. I'm not withholding myself. I'm not holding back. I'm not withdrawing from where you but Zacchaeus said, I want to be able to look without everybody laying their hands on me. I've seen what happens in these Jesus crusades. I want to be in a place where I can hear the people and I can sense his presence but I can stay here where I'm comfortable. I'm just not comfortable. Since when does church service center around everybody being comfortable? You came to the wrong place. You must have been looking for a massage parlor or a good coffee house to relax in. The purpose of the church is not to get comfortable and oh no 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 no. This is a house of restoration. This is a house of deliverance. This is a house where there's altars and the blood of the Lamb is shed and we bring our worst self and lay it. You're in the wrong place to try to be comfortable. I wish I could preach uh, until I made you uncomfortable today. Uh, I wish I could uh, preach until you started squirming, uh, until you finally realized uh, I got to quit playing games. Uh, I got to quit playing church. Uh, I got to quit messing around. Zacchaeus... Jesus is walking and he walks right to the base of the tree and stops. And according to the scripture there is no recorded instance anywhere of Zacchaeus ever meeting Jesus face to face prior to this. And yet Jesus walks to the base of the tree she said I'm gonna get as close as I can to this altar this morning he walks to the base of the tree and he stops and he looks up and he says Zacchaeus let me translate you thought you could hide from me but I knew where you were the whole time You thought you could find a little pew in the church and just sit down and be quiet and observe what's happening. But Zacchaeus, I know exactly where you are. And you can run, but you can't hide from me, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, I came into this place just for you. I came into this place just to find you. he finds Zacchaeus and the first thing he tells him Zacchaeus come down but i'm more comfortable praying in my pew Zacchaeus come down i can't get no help in this place but I can just repent where I'm sitting. Zacchaeus, you're not going to do this on your terms. You're not going to do this your way. Zacchaeus... Uh, Can I preach to somebody? Uh, God's only going to go so far uh, trying to reach you. Uh, There's going to come a place uh, where God stops uh, and says, now you got to make the effort. Uh, Now you got to take a step. Uh, Now you got to make. Some of you are waiting for God to move uh, and you ain't moved one inch uh, from where you're at this morning. Uh, Some of you are waiting for God to do something uh, and you haven't budged off of your pew. uh, Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. Come down from your comfort. Come down from your hiding place. Come down. Then he says this. He says, Zacchaeus, today... today I must go with you to your house you know what he was saying Zacchaeus you're out of time Zacchaeus I'm never going to come back through here again Zacchaeus, you'll never have this opportunity again. Who am I talking to this morning? Zacchaeus, it's now or never. I'm never stopping by here again. And so, Zacchaeus, if you're going to make a move, it's now or never. Come down out of that tree. Because today, today, come on, they're already coming to this altar. If they can come to the altar, you ought to at least be able to get out of your seat. Today, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, you don't have another day to get right. Zacchaeus, you don't have another week to repent. Zacchaeus, you're not going to have another chance. It's now or it's never. Zacchaeus, come down. Come down out of your pride. Come down of your self-will, come down out of your fear. Come down. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. It's now or never. Come on, it's now or never. God's reaching for somebody God's calling for somebody. Come on, I got plenty of message to preach. But God is saying, I don't even have time to preach the whole message today. I don't even have enough time to give you all of my points. I don't even have enough time to finish a homiletical presentation. God said the urgency is here. I'm moving right now. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody. you got to get out of your seat while the Holy Ghost is moving. you got to get out of your comfort zone now. Come on, I'm preaching against some spirits of stubbornness, stubbornness and self-will that has lifted itself up in resistance to the Holy Ghost. Come on, why are you going to wait until you're out of time? God is is calling you. uh, Now! 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 Come on, Zacchaeus. You read it in your Bible. The moment Zacchaeus began to move, he started repenting. He started saying, if I've ever stole from anybody, I'm going to restore it. Anything that I've done wrong, I'm going to make it right. Come on, somebody. As you begin to move, as you begin to respond, open up your mouth and begin to repent. It's now or never. It's now or never. Come on. I need some Holy Ghost-filled saints of God. service I was in my early twenties when the man of God my bishop began to preach and he was reaching for somebody in that place he began to preach and tell them God is speaking to me about somebody in this room and God is telling me that this is your last chance to get right with God And that burden never left him. And the more he tried to preach, he began to weep and sob. And he began to plead, there's somebody in the building. Please, you've got to hear me. This is your last chance to repent. And there was a man in the back room of the room. God finally spoke to him and told him, that's the man and so as people begin to pray uh, he didn't do it over the pulpit uh, but he walked back uh, to where that man was sitting uh, and he laid his hand on the man uh, and he said sir uh, you're the one that God spoke to me about uh, god said this is your last chance uh, to get right with him uh, and instead of receiving the word of god uh, the man became angry uh, and he became indifferent uh, and he stood to his feet and uh, and he pointed his finger at the man of God uh, and said I'll get right with God uh, when I'm ready to get right with God Uh, and he turned around and walked out he was so angry uh, he stopped by the liquor store uh, and grabbed him some whiskey uh, and started walking around drinking uh, until finally that same night uh, in a drunken stupor uh, he sat down uh, on the side of a railroad track. And he passed out laying on the railroad track. And that same night, a train came around the corner. But by the time it saw him laying there, it was too late. And God kept trying to reach him and tell him, this is your last that's, uh, come on, Proverbs 27 says, uh, you don't know uh, what a day may bring. None of us know uh, on a day uh, what the end of that day might bring to our life. I was in the room. I was in the service when, when another young lady who was a backslider, oh, she was coming to church but she wasn't living for God she was holding on to sin doing what she wanted to do and that night the man of God started preaching and he called her out in the middle of the service she was a young lady had a, a little child who was just months old and he said God spoke to me and told me tonight's your last chance to get right with him she stood in the pew and would not come to the altar he begged her please because you know what I have found out when people resist the altar it's because their flesh doesn't want to die because the altar is a place of the dying of the flesh They're not fighting the preacher. They're fighting their own carnality that doesn't want to die. My will doesn't want to die. My stubbornness does And she would not come. Tears rolling down her face. But she resisted God as he was trying to reach her. That night she left the church service. And on her way home, on a back country road, she lost control of her car. Coming around the corner of a dirt road, uh, her car flipped uh, and landed on its roof uh, in a ditch full of water, uh, and it trapped her, uh, and she drowned to death, uh, and her little baby ended up almost brain dead the rest of his years that he lived, uh, and the whole time echoing uh, in the back of our minds uh, was the word of God uh, that said, please, uh, it's now uh, or never uh, this is your last chance uh, don't push god away uh, don't ignore the voice of god uh, i feel that urgency in the building uh, god's reaching for people uh, and he's saying come on uh, it's later than you think it is uh, you don't have the opportunities uh, that you think you do uh, but today uh, today uh, come on somebody right now." Uh, Right now, whatever it takes, I gotta I give get right. You all of me. I gotta get right with God.